Hi guys and welcome back to the PhysioPod and in today's episode we're going to be talking about meniscal injuries. The meniscus is a strange entity in the knee, um, it's the cartilage lining in the knee and can easily get injured um, from twisting movements from a traumatic situation or it could be something that develops over time. So we're going to tackle both of these in today's episode um, with myself and Matt and we're going to find out what are the best strategies to help with your meniscal injury. Hi Matt, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Hi Josh, really well, thank you. Good, good, good. Um, so we're going to get straight into the topic and this month we're looking at meniscal injuries. For anyone who's not sure what that is, we'll obviously tackle that, but we're obviously talking about the knee. Um, how do you like meniscal injuries, Matt? How do you, how do you approach them? How do you as find we, them? As we know, I love ankle injuries. Uh, from last month's podcast, on this occasion, I um, they're a bit more subtle. These yeah. uh, these meniscal things, and I was thinking about it, and it and it's and it is it it must be due to the the fact that they are important, and I think we have to go into why they're important. But mm. but they they're, they're a different structure, aren't they? Than they're not ligament muscle tendon bone there they've got their own little world these 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 sort of cartilage things so yeah we probably need to demystify that um cartilage versus meniscus kind of medical chat as well don't we yeah well that is my first item so i thought it'd be worth us just clarifying what even are um the menisci so what is a meniscus so if you i think if you think if you think about the knee you've got the the femur and then that looks like a big knuckle, right? And then you've got the tibia underneath it, which is like a platform for the knuckle to sit on. Mm. Okay? And at the end of the bone, there is cartilage, smooth cartilage, which helps everything run really lovely together. And at the end mm. of the tibia bone, there's cartilage, right? And we call that articular cartilage, right? And then in between that, in the knee, are two semicircles facing each other. So if you made a C with your left hand and then copied that, mirrored that, which would be a backwards C um, with your right hand, you'd have what the meniscus looked like mm. from the top. All right. And they're made of fibrocartilage, so they've not got a great blood supply, but they sit on top of the tibia and they basically create a really nice space for the big knuckle to sit in mm. and when it sits there the movement that is created between the the knuckle and the tibia the femur and the tibia is then uh, aided and assisted by these two c shapes so it helps that congruence between the two bones for longer during movement. So as you bend your knee, the the C shape is helping that uh, that fit together. Yeah. Oh, I'm quite pleased with that. Yeah, very Hopefully good. Hopefully that was a good enough pictorial sort of wordsmithness <laughs> to uh, to I'm pleased with how that came out. I think it went all right. That hopefully everyone yeah. gets that. Your job on countdowns only a moment away, man. <laughs> um cool no I, I agree um i think you know i i i find them 
fascinating because I think, you know, we talked just before we, we came on, there's just absolutely nothing like them in the body. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're quite bizarre, really. Yeah. They're, um, both, they're both fixed and they move slightly. Yeah. They, they, uh, they support the extremes of the, of the joint movement. Mm. Really, really well. Such a clever idea. Yeah. Whoever came up with it. Whoever came up with them. <laughs> very genius. Um, so that controlling of end of range position mm. and that sort of a bit of movement almost give within the tissue might bring us on quite well to sort of that how you injure them. Yeah. Um, and what does that look like? Um, so just take us through that. All right. Well, if you were to bend your knee and straighten your knee, first of all, if you were to, if you're sitting and you straighten your knee, uh, that's pretty simple. And we see that as quite a straight situation. All right. And we don't see that there's much rotation in it. But as you straighten your knee, uh, I'm doing it myself now. At the very mm -hmm. end of that straightening, there's a funny little bit of rotation that takes place. Okay. And that, um, that funny bit of rotation is, is aided by the meniscus. All right. And that's really key because if you get that rotation wrong, which is all very automatic. So you don't yeah. think you could think about it. Uh, it just happens. If you've got that rotation wrong, that could nibble at the, at the meniscus. Mm. And then when you bend the knee, there is some rotation. It's sort of this, what I call, what we call internal rotation of the foot, the sort of the heels pointing outwards and then and the foot's pointing inwards, the toes are pointing inwards a bit. And again, there's this rotation takes place. Uh, and again, that that end of range could nibble at the meniscus. So you've got yeah. this, you know, if you imagine if you're kneeling for a long time, mm -hmm. you've got this pressure and in a in a forward momen momentum of the um, of the femur that could nibble at the meniscus. So you've got this uh, degenerative situation. Yeah. Right. And then there are times when when there's a sharp, fast movement that the muscles maybe couldn't cope with and the joint structures couldn't cope with and that does more than nibble at the meniscus yeah okay and um uh and you would end up with uh, you might get something called a bucket handle tear where that uncontrolled movement did more than nibble at the meniscus and it it created a rip in it and that rip opened up um the meniscus and one bit of it went one side and one bit of it went the other and they call that a bucket handle so that's a that's a mm -hmm. that's a major thing and um with that or with let's say a, a just a standard uh tear in the meniscus you would have um a feeling of locking or giving way yeah because the movement of the knee joint has now been compromised mm-hmm uh you'd have you'd have swelling in most cases uh if it was a sudden onset thing you'd you'd feel like you couldn't wait bare and there would be yeah. there would be swelling um and and then as you uh, if you're one of those people as time goes on it, it will start to undo it will start to feel more normal but it will feel like you couldn't put it under major stress yeah all right and then the then the body kicks in and it starts to, because you're not putting it under major stress and because it can't quite function properly, it starts to, uh, your quad muscle 
reduces in size and your quad strength reduces in size and your brain talks to the other leg and say, you do more because this leg is rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all of that becomes part of it as well. Yeah. So if we just maybe look at that scenario then of when you're chipping away at the meniscus, um, what would be sort of the advice to someone to, I guess, try and get that situation resolved? So and I think the answer here is not easy, especially mm. when you're clinically assessing meniscal injuries. I work on a, uh, uh, with meniscal injuries, when I ask myself, is it, is, is the meniscus damaged? I work on on a, a weird <laughs> a weird scale, right? Twenty percent <laughs> scale. What I mean by that is, if I'm ten percent, if I ten percent believe this might be a meniscal injury, I will probably treat it first by strengthening and um, uh, and and getting normal movement back into the joint. Mm -hmm. right. but if i 20 percent believe that it might be a meniscal injury then i i've got to get it investigated mm -hmm. so and and people will go well, why wouldn't you just get them all investigated well partly mm -hmm. because it takes a bit of time to put that in place yeah. and during that time it might not have been and you could have been strengthening up whatever strain or sprain had taken place yeah uh and so yeah you know everybody wants to get better as quick as they can so you don't want to lose that um but as you can see it's only the difference between 10 percent confidence and 20 percent confidence that leads mm -hmm. you down that yeah. route and maybe that takes a bit of time and to to get that scale um so i think that's the first thing and the second thing is if you're going to treat it you're going to strengthen the knee joint up yeah you're going to try and create as much normal movement as possible yeah. you're gonna you're gonna try to um you're gonna try to give it as much stability as possible mm. now the other end of the scale is it keeps locking and giving way well that's easy because we're gonna have to uh assess it clinically we're going to have to probably get some sort of imaging done yeah and and that would be mri scan but again it's not 100 percent accurate when it comes to meniscus the only 100 percent accurate way is to go in with an arthroscopy with a surgeon mm. yeah you yeah. can see it so you've got this this complex um you know i would have said the knee that knees were fairly easy from a from a clinical perspective Mm -hmm. um, but you've got this complex balance to take place um, between getting started with some rehab, uh, assessing it in different ways based on that clinical picture that's presented. Yeah. Right. I think the point you raised about, you know, trying to get uh, full range and the knee and things like that, I think for me it comes back to that point of obviously the uh, menisci. Um, are designed to be able to cope like you said with those extremes yeah and obviously actually if we've lost the ability to cope with those extremes a little bit because there's been a bit of damage well then actually you make the extremes worse by having a restricted range of movement and then having the weakness because obviously 
you're now losing the ability even more so for the need to then cope so actually it's extremes yeah uh what someone else might look at and go actually that's not extreme extreme because my knee can do x y and z yeah. so actually that functionality of the knee and getting it as best as possible actually then broadens its scope doesn't it meaning that actually then the menisci are then less exposed yeah yeah and if you were if you're dealing with a dancer compared to and a person who doesn't do those extreme things a dancer's range is greater yeah. than, than somebody else's so you've got to extend your your, your sort of values around that knee mm. and what you're assessing so yeah it's, yeah. it's it is a it is it is easy yet complicated mm. i think the um the other bit about it is when it comes to that kind of knee problem you know i've tried to rehab it that i didn't have any major thing that that set it off i've tried to rehab it and now i just know it's not right yeah mm. so i go and get it looked at by the doctor and the doctor says yeah there's a you know the orthopedic surgeon says yeah there's, there's definitely some sort of um cartilage meniscal problem in there the the conversation is a is not just about what does the medic think the conversation is how much is this bothering me mm. and if i decide to to let the minute go in and and uh, and do something about it. What's the what's the side effects? Yeah, am I going to get my full range movement? Am I going to be pain free? Am I going to be, uh, or am I going to be limited in my? If my problem was that I couldn't get full range of movement, am I still not going to be able to get full range of movement? Therefore, is it worth it? Yeah. yeah. So you, yeah, it's a it's very much. I see that one or this kind of problem as a two way process. Everybody's got an opinion. Mm. I've got my as the injured person. I've got my opinion, and, and that's key. Uh, I've got the, the the orthopedic surgeon's opinion about whether to go in as well, mm. and I've got to balance those two things together and get the evidence and get the information about what it what is the best way to do stuff. Yeah, and then would you see in your mind the scenario of when um, a situation would be required to then go into the knee? More likely in that sort of sudden onset rather than that gradual one that you described. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they the the there's a I suppose there's a couple of things around if the meniscus are starting to be nibbled away at, um, that is leading you towards osteoarthritis. Mm. Uh, if you get it cleaned up, that that means every that any doubt any sort of bits that are broken off that haven't been reabsorbed by the body, they're they're sort of not there right mm. but the action of going in is a sort of damage for the knee and and sort of makes it a bit more loose yeah mm. so that's a balancing act to decide whether that was worthwhile so you yeah, you know there's no that's why i say it's a two-way process there's no easy answer yeah when it, when it comes to that but um certainly if you're for example, if you're uh, a very active person, I like to run up hills. I like to I like to walk up hills. I like to do loads of walking, and I've got this degeneration of my meniscus. Then you're into a question, a, a decision making of well, if I get it washed out now, that's going to give me another few years. But I accept mm. that that might make the arthritis a bit worse in the long term. But I don't care about that because I'm. I'm going to continue being active now. Mm. You know, there is that. If you're a sports person, there's those kind of conversations where yeah. I don't care. I don't, you know, often the best sportsman, I don't care, just fix it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just fix it and play it. Yeah. And so they're, they're sometimes they're the easiest to deal with because there is less consideration about um, mm. about about the consequences and all that sort of stuff. But um, but I think I think it's key that that you know you go into it with your eyes open and and go okay I'm going to accept this that's what I'm going to do mm. situation. But uh, like you say that their function of these meniscus is is real key, mm. really important for the knee. Um, yeah. But it's uh, you know, everybody needs to look at it and get the information. Your information gathering, mm-hmm. as opposed to diagnosing, I think with that. Yeah. So I like to I like to talk about let's get the information and let's make decisions of what we know, what we don't know, and we can put to one side the bits that we're not sure about, mm. uh, and they can become part of our. Am I willing to accept the side effects of this kind of surgery? Yeah. And I'm but just this- thinking maybe one final thing just to finish on is um just maybe an an exercise approach so if you were to think what's the one thing that i that sticks out in my mind that i think if i've got someone with a meniscal injury i want to make sure that they can do this exercise or that which allows them to do this activity or whatever it might be yeah i'm going to turn that one back on you josh what would you do (laughs) good question then I came up with it, so it's a good question. Then. Yeah, I've got an answer, uh, but I think I mean, I'm interested. So, and sometimes I get the sound of my own voice, and yeah, uh, fair, I'm interested in fair, what you think. Enough. I, I think, I think you touched on a quite a good point earlier in the fact that I think we assume with the knee that it's just it's just this bend straighten thing, and I think obviously we've got these subtle rotations that happen within the knee, mm-hmm. and I think in my mind, that's where I feel like the uh, the menisci really kick in. Yeah um so there's an element of creating that situation to be a bit more solid and supported but also allowing it to happen but also then risk so if you're in a sudden rotation position a bit like what we described earlier um in that sudden or gradual situation so if it's a sudden rotation situation yeah then actually the meniscus um is at risk and then vice versa actually if then it's a gradual way you just you know just slightly just in this rotated position under load constantly and like you said chipping away so i think actually in my mind the point where i'm trying to get to is allowing the knee to be able to then cope with that rotation yeah so i think i think the thing that i probably would try and aim to have in a rehab plan is probably all the different things that people would normally do so you know squats lunges all those different type of things whatever it might be that are typical sort of knee exercises mm. but i'd want a rotation element involved i'd want a lunge that means that actually this knee's got to try and control and harness the rotation and learn that that's its job mm. and actually also the muscles around that knee have got to learn that that's probably their job a bit more now yeah rather than pressure on the joint i think you'd have to say as well what the the lunge and squat that you just mentioned would probably be uh as, as you're developing because the last thing you develop is rotation isn't it mm, yeah. the first thing you get is like if you said to me what's the very first exercise it would be the it would be a knee extension it would be the mm. straightening of the knee to make the quad muscle work yeah the absolute fullest of its attention and once you started to get that working uh, then you're moving on to some of the that rotation thing comes a bit later doesn't it i think right? yeah because it is the hardest thing to to work on but absolutely yeah. and the uh and so in basic terms 
I'd work on the muscles that bend the knee and I'd work on the muscles that straighten the knee and I'd do that mm. in the simplest way possible to start with. Yeah. And then I'd and then I'd move on to to these to the to the funkier funkier playing with the spices kind of exercises, which I <laughs> but I would definitely do that. Yeah. And it's definitely important. Again, yeah. for me it comes back to if it was if it was my dad's knee, what would I do? Mm. If it was my my kid's knee, what would I do? And it yeah. I'd just be I'd be ferocious in making sure <laughs> I got all of the right things in place. <laughs> Very good. Well, we'll finish on that point. Right, uh, thanks again, as always, Matt. That no was problems. good to hear your insight on meniscal injuries. And yeah, I'm sure people listening enjoy. Brilliant. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, Matt. Bye-bye. Bye. So, thanks as always for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then you can find other episodes that we've done at the PhysioPod on iTunes and Spotify. Until then, we'll be back with future episodes and podcasts discussing all the need-to-know physio topics there are. Until then, take care and we'll see you soon.